All right, so grab a Bible, grab a handout, and we are going to start week one of our vision update. <clears throat> I had some, some little sunspots burnt off on my face. I don't have leprosy. I tried to cover it up with Christine's makeup and not very good at makeup, I learned. So anyway, I, it's not leprosy. It's not melanoma. It's just a little, I was a lifeguard when I was a kid and damaged all my skin. So anyway, that's what that is. So um, grab your Bibles, grab your handout. We're going to get started. And this is a vision update. So why should we do a vision update? Because Proverbs 29, 18, that's why Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And we've talked about that before. Okay. So what that means is the people group, okay, without a vision, that people group doesn't stay together. That's what that means. It doesn't mean all the people fall over dead, right? It means that that, that vision is unifying. That vision keeps the group together. And I know sometimes I need to be reminded of the vision. Otherwise, I just kind of feel like I'm going through the motions. Oh, it's Sunday. Oh, it's Tuesday. And I just like, I'm going to go attend a service. And I, I kind of forget like this thing that God has given us. Now, there's a difference between a vision and a mission. You guys know what the mission that God's given us, the church if we were to crystallize that down to two words, what would we say? The mission is to, that's one word, two words, make disciples. Like we could, that was a what am I thinking question. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, we know what the mission is, but for us as a group, what's the vision? What is the vision that we're trying to do as we fulfill the mission that God gave us? That's we're going to be looking at. Okay, so we need to have eyes to see this. And Genesis 49.22 is our class verse. Genesis 49.22. So turn there. And here's, it's, it's uh, right at the end of Genesis there. This is going to be the easiest passage to find all, you know, this morning. Okay, Genesis 49.22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. There's our class verse. Now, this verse speaks volumes. There's so much in this verse for one short verse. But in it, we can find a vision for, for fulfilling the mission that we've been given. Okay, now, so that we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks here. So we don't need to, like, do the whole thing right now contextually okay number one rule of bible study is what's the context the context of genesis 49:22 is a prophecy about the tribe that's going to arise out of joseph and what's going to happen to them in the in the years to come so we don't want to take a literal like personal application out of this and say well this is clearly written to us and then i get a tattoo on there and i'm going to claim this promise like like anything like that right However, however, you guys, 
as we look at the Bible as a whole, there is an undeniable, unmistakable pattern that arises that has to do with things like a fruitful bough by a well with branches that run over the wall. And just to do a quick summary, okay, not, not, we don't have time to, to be extensive on this because I want to do small groups. You just sat through an hour of expository preaching. By the way, what an awesome message, huh? Wasn't that a great message? Okay, but anyway, so I'm not going to do that to you again. I'm not going to make you sit through another hour of expository preaching. But what I do want to do is just let you see the pattern that I see. Okay, go back. You're, you're getting ahead of me there. Okay, there we go. So Genesis chapter 2. Verse 8, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made he the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the side and good for food, and, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Okay, so God made a garden. And there was trees in the garden, and there was man in the garden, and there's a river. Now, this river came up and divided up into what? Four heads. Is that weird to anyone else? That's not what rivers do. Like rivers start with four different rivers, and then they all go downhill until they all form one river. And then that river goes downhill and it forms, and eventually it becomes like the Missouri or the Mississippi, like all the little rivers form into one big river. No, no, no. This was a wellspring. This was the fountainhead. This was the river that came up and then divided up into other rivers in this garden where God put man communion with him, where there were also trees. Okay, does that sound familiar? The tree, the well, the garden, the fruit. See, see that in there? Psalm chapter one. Look at Psalm chapter one with me. Blessed is the man that walketh not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of, a, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Look at verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You've got a river, you've got a tree, you've got fruit, you've got the word of God. See? There, there, okay, are you, anyone else seeing a pattern develop here? Okay, Song of Songs. Okay, that's in that's just a few books down, right after Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, chapter eight, verse thirteen. Okay, so Song of Songs is is a little different book. If you've never studied it out, sometimes it's hard to get the the context, but 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 you're going to still see the pattern. Verse 9, well, okay, just go to verse 13. Song of Solomon 8, verse 13. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, the companions hearken to thy voice, cause me to hear it. Okay, so, so 
the Lord, who is like the shepherd king in Song of Solomon, he is the guy who dwelleth in the gardens. So what is it? That's that's our the wall, okay, is gives you the boundaries of the garden. Within there is where you meet with the Lord. Okay. Genesis 2 was the beginning of the Bible, right? Like in, in the very beginning there. Let's go to the end of the Bible. Revelation 22, last chapter. And he showed me a pure river of life. I'm sorry, a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal proceeding out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him and so we see from the beginning of the bible to the end of the bible including in the middle of the bible you have God and and his people with with the well with the tree with the fruitfulness it's a theme seen seen throughout scripture and the reason i I present this is because we have to have eyes to see what sometimes okay isn't a reality yet so here's here's what i'm presenting is that we have an image from nature now god's design god made trees and wells okay go back we have a image from nature that pictures a plan, okay, which is also of God's design. Now, God, God does this for us. He gives us imagery that we can relate to to help us understand things that maybe we don't have eyes to see yet. It requires faith, and it requires a vision. If anything, if any group is ever going to become something that it is not yet, you have to have a vision for something that isn't realized yet. And that's that's why we need a vision update. So, so here is our picture, a fruitful bough, that's a branch of a tree, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Okay, now it may require faith, but this picture is a really awesome picture. So if you can picture a walled-in garden, Okay, so it's there's a design to this. It's not like my backyard where I just plant something and later I plant something else. And it's like, oh, I wish I would have maybe had the whole plan before I started like working on that one corner because now it doesn't fit with what. Okay, so you this garden is like a well-planned out landscape. Okay, so there's a design and, and there's a purpose and a plan that we can imagine. So I just, I, so. If you haven't yet, I just want you to imagine a walled-in garden, okay, with a tree growing next to a, a like a fountain, a, a, a spring, okay, and then that tree has as a branch that's fruitful, and uh, and this big bow coming off there, and there's branches that that are full of fruit. They extend over the over the wall. That's the picture, right? Okay. I'm just saying that's a really cool picture. Like I, I kind of would like to be in that place. The imagery that we're supposed to understand is this is a cool, like this is a good thing. 
All right, so there's a purpose and a plan we can imagine from the design. There's protection and peace from the walls. Walls make good neighbors. Fences make good neighbors, right? There's provision and pleasure from the fruit and from the well. If you get thirsty, you just drink from the spring. If you're hungry, you just eat from the, the tree, okay? So there's protection, there's pleasure there, and there's prosperity and, and productivity pictured from, from those branches that have grown, like they've, they've, uh, they outgrew their space, they're, they're extending out over the wall. All right, now, as we do this, let's go to the next one. Can, so, so yeah, so like people put paintings of fruitful trees on their walls, because it's awesome. It's a good image, right? You guys can imagine. Okay, all right, let's go on. All right, now, Jesus heals the blind man. The blind man looks up. Jesus is like, hey, can you see anything? He says, well, I see men as trees walking. All right, so in John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. In Daniel, we see the dream. Okay, you are the tree. What's What am I saying now? I'm just saying, we're going to be looking at this vision as a class. Okay, we're going to be doing some exercises. We're going to try to envision together what God has for us and then figure out how to move forward according to that. But then also individually. I had a recent just purging I did. Okay, so the week after Christmas, they give you as many trash bags as you want up to 20 trash bags, you can, so I, I purged, I went through and I had just a whole bunch of stuff that had piled up in, in my garage, a bunch of stuff that had piled up. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what this stuff is. Like, I'm never going to use this. It's either broken or I don't want it anymore. Or it's doesn't fit, whatever. I was able to do a great purging personally one thing we're going to be talking about is as a branch, you want to purge, you want to prune off the dead stuff. So I was able to do that in my life. I did that in my closet. I did that in my utility garage. So what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at our class kind of week by week, looking at different aspects of it. But we also want to do that personally. Now, we're not doing that right now. I just want to kind of present that. So let's look at this spiritual vision. First of all, Joseph was a fruitful bough. So let's look at, at John chapter 15. We're going to spend the rest of our time in John. Because if we're not fruitful, we're probably not doing it right. If, if living things grow and mature and they should be fruitful in good ways. And, and if we're not, then we have to, we have to look at that. But look with me at John chapter 15. Jesus says, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine, and my father's the husbandman, okay? Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Oh, my goodness. I am the vine, verse 5. Okay, actually, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says again. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, Jesus says, ye, that's us, can do nothing. 
If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue me in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay. So what, what, there's so much there. What, what are we looking at? Okay, if we want to be fruitful, we need to abide in Christ. Now he said, ye abide in Christ. So who knows the rules of the King James Bible? Is that plural or singular? Plural, what's the rule? If it's ye or you, it's plural. If it's thee or thou, it's singular. Okay, the T's are singular and the Y's are plural. Okay, subjective, objective, plural, singular. Okay, so ye need to abide in me. So us as a group need to abide in Christ and then we can bring forth much fruit. God is glorified and we're blessed. So in my mind, I can just, I love it that there's life here you come to midtown baptist temple and there's life here now sometimes it's messy because having babies is messy okay it just is but praise the lord you got reproduction you have life and i what's one thing that that if something's going to characterize god at work it's that there's new life here it makes it exciting it keeps it fresh and, and i have envisioned for us life so us as a ministry a bustling vibrant new life kind of a group that's what we want to do which we want to be now what we're going to see is you only get that through abiding in christ like we can't grit our teeth and make it happen so what does it mean to abide in Christ? How do we do that? We're going to be talking about that and looking at that. Okay, so fruit doesn't remain, though, unless we make disciples. So we could evangelize and people could get born again, but that fruit's not going to remain without discipleship. Okay, so we, we, we're going to be talking about abiding in Christ, how to be a fruitful branch. Um so then what about like, I don't want to get cut off and thrown in the fire. Does that mean if I'm not winning people to Christ, I'm going to go to hell? No, but look, here's how we can apply that. You guys, if it's not working, let's stop doing it. You're all busy. You all have things you care about and love about and things you want to do in life and things you should do in life. No one has time to do activities that aren't fruitful. Amen. Okay, so what this is talking about for us in terms of an application is if there's things we're doing as a group that are not fruitful, the fruitful branch gets purged. So look, if my Bible study, if I have like, if I start my Bible study every week with Bible trivia and it's a drag and everybody hates it, well then I just, I need the Bible study to tell me, hey, Chris, let's purge that part of our time together that's it's just lame everybody hates it it's it's horrible okay praise the lord let's purge it let's 
We all have blind spots. Our ministry has blind spots. One thing we're going to do is we're going to do what the Tuesday night meal team does every year. The Tuesday night meal team every year does a ministry audit. They just objectively look at what they're doing and say, hey, are there things we can do better? Are there things that we can stop doing? Are there things that we can start doing? Okay. Now, I'm not just being lazy. I'm not putting off on others what maybe some people would think I should just decide. But what, I'm, what I want is for everyone to have the vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And if we can all be envisioned and all have a different part, Bill presented an idea to me this morning. Like, hey, you know, if we did this, a Discovery Bible Method type series or time as a class in the book of John, that would be pretty cool. And I asked him to just save that, save that idea, because in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing brainstorming for us as a class in terms of how do we purge the fruitful bough. Okay, number two is the well. So still in chapter, in John, flip over to John chapter four. You guys know all about this. Our class is named Living Well Class because of the woman at the well. So verse six, John chapter four. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was wearied with his journey. He sat down at the well about the sixth hour and a woman from Samaria came to drink water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink for his disciples were gone away to the city to buy me. Then saith the woman of Samaria, how is it that thou being a Jew ask asked drink of me which am a woman of samaria for the jews have no dealings with the samaritans jesus answered and said if thou knewest the gift of god and who it is that saith to thee give me to drink thou would have asked him and he would have given thee living water jesus is doing a vision update for the woman at samaria if you could just see what it is to trust in me it's kind of like this and he presents a a picture from nature, an image from nature that represents his plan for her life. And, and the woman said, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle? They had that, that, uh, that religious kind of icon you know, like I, I went to Egypt and I went to some of the historical church sites and in a in a display box on the wall, they would have a, you know, a rock from the road that Jesus walked on. And there's a red spot. So it's a rock where Jesus walked and his blood was there. And you come up and you kiss the the, the display case, which I thought was incredibly unsanitary. And then you put, you could put your money in there. And then, and then next you come and it's a really cool tapestry or maybe a tile mosaic. Super cool that would tell the story of some scripture. And they'd say, this is from the early church way back, you know. And then, and then you would touch that icon and you'd get blessed. And then you could put your money and you could kiss it. And they, th this woman had a little bit of that type religion she's like this is the well that jacob himself drank of are you greater than even our and she's like oh yeah i am he's trying to present something that she doesn't have eyes to see jesus answered and said unto her in verse 13 whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again 
But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And then we know from comparing scripture to scripture in John chapter 7, that that's speaking of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, which is going to come. And for us with the well, it pictures the Holy Spirit. We, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit. The next picture in Genesis 49 is that wall. Okay. So we know there's a wall because the branches run over the wall. Okay. So look at John 17. 16 and 17. Jesus is praying out loud so the people can hear. He's praying to the Father, speaking of his followers. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So in the world, but not of the world, right? Sanctify them or set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So his disciples are going to be in the world, but not of the world. They're going to be separate from the world through the sanctification process. And that's what that wall pictures. So Jesus is basically saying this about his followers. They're spoken for. They're mine. They're not like everyone else in the world. They are a called out assembly. Okay. Separate from the world. Different from everyone else. And over time, that spiritual reality will become more evident as people get more sanctified, more set apart, more separate. And that's the purpose of a wall. Walls shouldn't limit us. It's not like a monastery. You can't go outside the monastery. No, no, no. You can go out. Just, just go out through the gates in the walls. But we're going to be separate from the world, right? So it's not a limiting type thing. And it's not a list of Baptist can'ts. You can't dance. You can't play cards. You can't go to the swimming pool. You can't go to the movies. You can't listen to music. It's not like that. If I'm going to be separated unto God, I have to be separated from the world. Because friendship with the world is enmity with God. So since I've been spoken for by the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've been reconciled unto God my Father, the world just is not my home anymore. Just can't feel at home in this world anymore, right? Feeling home, right? You guys know the song? Okay. We'll talk about that. The protection and the peace that comes from having walls. Okay, and then the branches. John 17, 18, the next one. Jesus says, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we build our walls, and I'm not going to live like a lost person because I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. But I'm still going to go out in the world. I'm still going to try. I'm still going to reach out to the world. I'm going to extend. My branches are going to run over the wall. So for us as a ministry, this needs to be a garden where we fellowship with God and with each other. It needs to be a place where we're led by the Holy Spirit. It needs to be a place where we're fruitful. This is our platform for fruitfulness. Okay, the fruit doesn't grow on the trunk, grows on the branches. And this is our opportunity to be fruitful. Okay, we, we, well, we can talk about that, what that means structurally. So we need to have some outreaches, but first we need to have, you know, our garden 
set up. And so one thing I was super encouraged about, you know, the, it seemed like what I was reading on the WhatsApp group was, it's like, I can't come to clean. I can't come to clean. And I thought, oh no, nobody's going to show up to clean. So I think I was talking to Matthew. I don't remember who I was talking to this morning, but like, oh no, we had a bunch of people show up. Hey, so everybody had the vision. Everybody is like bought in. It's just the people that couldn't come, couldn't come. I couldn't come because I was gone. I was just worried, like maybe, maybe no one's going to show up. Well, why am I faithless? Like, like that's just weak faith on my part, right? I just thank God that that we can all be envisioned and and we can all have this. And I do thank God for you all. I don't mean to cast like like I don't have faith in you guys. Okay, but look, here's what about this? Can you guys see that over there? You guys still good, Mike? Okay, so we're a bow. So Midtown Baptist Temple is the tree. Okay. We're a bow. That's that big branch on the tree. Now we're not it, we don't exist by ourselves. Okay. We are part of Midtown Baptist Temple. We just have a platform for fruitfulness and fellowship in this class. So what do we have as a class? We have discipleship relationships. We have our Sunday services, and there's all like little things off of our Sunday services. We have our hospitality. We have setup, cleanup, AV, preaching, teaching. We have our small groups where people meet in small groups. I would personally love it if we got a little bit more organized in our small groups, and I'll tell you why. Okay? Small groups are awesome if you're already part of a small group. If you're a, a new person who's coming to visit for the first time, it's like, I, I don't know where to sit. I don't know anybody here, and you guys are all chummy, and I'm just like this stranger. So if you bring your neighbors, which you should, they're, they're cool. They're with you. You're like, oh, this is where we're going to sit, and you can like take care of them. When a visitor comes in for the first time, though, it's a little harder. When it's every, Does that make sense? I would love to get our hospitality, you know, ministry figured out so that our small groups are super welcoming for, for visitors. Okay, we have our Bible study branch here. We've got our spiritual growth Bible study, our Panera Bread of Life Bible study, our Cave of Adullam men's Bible studies. We're probably going to be adding to our Bible studies here soon. We have our different events. Okay, now listen. We got to purge the the tree you're like well what's wrong you're mad at us no 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 look it's the fruitful branches that need to be purged the dead branches just get cut off go to the next uh next slide for me okay so i've been studying pruning trees anyone else here prune trees aaron prune yeah okay so everywhere i look they're saying the same thing like there's a right way to do this Jesus says, God's the husbandman, I'm the, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The dead branches get cut off and they get burned. They're just firewood. Okay, yes, that's what everybody says. So here's a dead branch. Just cut it off. Who's got time for a dead branch in your life or for us together as a ministry? If there's things that aren't working, how do you know if it's dead? Well, it's never worked. It ain't going to work. It's just dead. Like, just quit doing it. You cut those things off. There's these water sprouts. 
water sprouts. Okay, so there's life in this tree. Woohoo! And you get these little sprouts that shoot up from these buds. They're not bearing fruit. They're never going to bear fruit. Just cut it off. So in a ministry, you'll have all these ancillary activities that come up all the time. Hey, there's life here. Let's start a whatever. Like, if there's no life in it, you could just cut those off. There's suckers. We can talk about that. That's something that comes up and it's competing with the, the tree, the, the main branch. There's these hanging branches. That's like the downer. Now, I'm not saying we don't cut people off. We're not talking about cutting people off. Like I come in, I'm going through it. I'm in a bad mood. Don't, don't kick me out. Okay, we don't cut off people. But in terms of ministry activities, man, there's things that, that are like, if we can cut things off that are discouraging and depressing. And listen, don't be a hanging branch. Don't be a sucker. Don't be a water sprout. We can make personal application in that way. There's a damaged branch. Okay, that thing either needs fixed. So when I was doing my personal purge at home, I'd come across this broken tool or whatever. So, so here's a good example. I had a reciprocal, reciprocating saw. And it was an old one with the battery that I didn't have a charger for. It's like, I kept it because if I ever got a charger, I, it's like, it was like a broken branch, damaged. Like, is it worth it to fix it? Or am I better off just so if something's damaged, look, you can fix it, or you can just throw it away. So I just threw away the saw. I don't know what to do with the battery. I'm like conflicted. It's like I don't think you're supposed to throw those away because it recycle. I don't even know what to do with it. So it's just sitting on my shelf. But but there's branches that are cross branches. That branch is gonna rub. This one, rub against it. It's going to ruin the bark. It's more susceptible. You just cut that thing off. So anyway, we can look at our ministry and we can purge the fruitful branch. We can look at our lives and see what needs to be changed. Why? Well, because we want to bear fruit. The life, the vitality, the energy that comes from, from this picture that God's given us, this vision is, is worth it, plus all that stuff. So living well class is not an end unto itself. We've been given a, a, a mission. We have a vision, but in the end, God is glorified and we get to be part of what he's doing. So here's what we want to do. We want to see it, see the vision, and then we want to be it. We want to be the tree. Then we want to purge it, and then we get the life that comes from it. And, and, and that's the vision. That's what we're going to be working through as a class. So. We've got about 10 minutes left. So I don't know. I didn't come up with, with maybe a list of things to discuss. But if there's things in there, you know, that that, that you need to talk about, that you need to work through, let's, let's just take about 10 minutes here in our small groups and then I'll come up and I'll close this out in prayer. But, but we, we want to see it. Can you see something that isn't entirely realized yet? I'm not saying everything's broken. But you purge the fruitful branch. So, so can we see it? Can, can we be the branch and not just fruit? Okay, okay. so, so here's, here's what you can discuss if you don't have anything else. Are you fruit on the tree or are you part of the branch? 
Mm, okay, that's a good question. Okay, I'll let you work through that. And then I'll close this out here in about nine minutes.